What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey guys, welcome back to The B-List. I'm B, and I'm joined here today while joined via Zoom uh, with Gabrielle Bluestone. She's a writer. Um, she's written for Gawker, New York Times. She's an Emmy-nominated producer of Netflix's Fire Doc, which is something I want to talk about heavily. You're also the author of a new book that just came out this month, right? Called Hype. Mm-hmm. It's how scammers, grifters, and con artists are taking over the internet and why we're following. So yeah, everyone, welcome Gabrielle. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First off, thank you for being flexible on the time and everything. Like I said, my dog had an issue on Sunday. As everyone knows, Stevie's getting up there in age, but she's okay now. Um, but your dog just had a birthday, right? Yeah, my dog turned five yesterday. And okay. to celebrate, I let her spend half the day at the dog park. And there was legitimately like a French bulldog orgy going on. There must have oh. been four or five bulldogs. It was I've never seen anything like it before. Oh, no. So happy birthday, Colette. <laughs> <laughs> oh my Have God. Celebrate, you know? Yeah. So I want to get right into it though. First, well, first off, actually, do you know what like a bigger scam than Firefest is? Is uh, the vet. Oh. <laughs> the vet. If you bring your dog, you know, I mean, you know, like you just take her in for like a quick look and it's like ends up being almost $200 just for like a visit. It's like more expensive than having a kid. Um, pet insurance because I didn't and I'm scared for that day to come to you now. So I don't because um, I never really had to, but I've been looking to it recently, you know. But yeah, because we just never really had that many issues before in the past. But yeah, it's like, I guess if like if you had a kid, at least you could like claim them on your taxes, but you can't even do yeah. that for a pet. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm telling you, it's like a wild west. Like we need to get like a pet healthcare portal. We need like healthcare.org for yeah, dogs. <laughs> that's a lot. But I want to get right into it uh, and talk a bit about Firefest because that was a documentary that I like loved, the Netflix one specifically. So wait, can you remind me which one came out first? Because obviously they were like dueling um, documentaries, but then which one came out first? Because it was like in the same time period. 
Yeah. So um, it's an interesting question because the Hulu documentary technically came out first. um, Mm -hmm. And the way they released it was actually kind of brilliant because they waited until the exact minute that the press embargo on our documentary lifted and dropped it at the exact same time. So anyone searching for fire or like looking see it them. Up would get theirs. Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah. you gotta respect the hustle. Yeah. That's like, it's pretty like um, on par with like the entertainment industry. Right. It's like, but yours did pretty well. I mean, it's like, you know, obviously Grammy nominated and um, I think more people talk about yours, or at least from my experience in my circle. Um, I loved yours. So how did that, hear ki- it. <laughs> how did that kind of come about? Um, so I was you? the reporter who broke uh-huh. that story. Um, I okay. worked at Vice at the time and Vice had an existing relationship with Chris Smith, who was the director. Um, and mm-hmm. we kind of, uh, he was looking for a project and I was kind of pitching it up the chain and we luckily met in the middle and it's kind of a funny story. Um, the, you know, the Hulu documentary was in production around the same time. And mm-hmm. the day that they announced that they were making it was the same morning that I had filmed my first interview because I'm on screen in the documentary as well. And basically like if we hadn't already got something down on film, I don't know that the Netflix one ever would have happened. Um, okay. You know, if it had been a day later or a week later. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, uh, a lot of things came down to timing. Um, I was actually just reading because you just came out with another piece on Billy McFarland. It's McFarland or Farlane, is it? Farland. McFarland. Farland, right? Um, mm-hmm. He's in prison now. Yeah. Um, how long is he? Like, what is he sentenced to? He like, was sentenced to six years. I'm not 100% sure if that means he'll serve the full six, yeah. but he's yeah. only served three so far. So, and okay. he had some trouble in prison as uh, the article Wait. details. So I didn't get a chance to read the full article yet. Um, <laughs> but I, I do know that it was about like, quick rundown. <laughs> yeah, give me quick, uh, like $250,000, right? From that he's kind of, it was from the Hulu doc that he. So that number has been disputed. Billy claims it was 250. The producers of the Hulu doc say that it was substantially less. I don't think they've ever um, said what their number is, uh, but it's somewhere between zero and 250. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he, has long um, used the excuse that he is so eager to make restitution to his victims as, as to explain his behavior. Yeah. Um, while he was out on bail for the fire festival felonies, uh, he committed a second set of felonies targeting the exact same victims. I think he stole like another hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, that because time. yeah, it was kind of covered in one of the docs, right? It was um yeah. It was actually on film. Yeah. And, you know, was, and then it was like filming the whole process. And I just thought it was so insane to see him literally doing the exact same thing that got him into the first set of problems. This one was yeah. related to credit card, right? It was like a credit card. Sort of. It was a continuation um, of a credit card company he had started. Okay. But basically right. he spammed the email list of like fire purchasers um, and offered them, you know, tickets to the Met Gala for $10,000 or Mm -hmm. Victoria's Secret Fashion Show backstage passes, that kind of thing. And he stole 100 100 grand from people the exact same way. And so when he was being sentenced, he tried to claim that, you know, he had done it because he was so eager to start making restitution to his victims. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then when he got busted in prison with a recording device, he claimed that it was because he was eager to start a memoir that he was going to sell and use that money to make restitution restitution. to his victims. Everything's for restitution. Yeah. And uh, (laughs) so far he has paid back zero of the 26 million uh, plus that he owes. But, Not shocked. Yeah. Once 
once yeah. the podcast takes off, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which he, did. he launched the podcast from prison and was put into solitary confinement as punishment for it. Oh my God. <laughs> It's so Never a dull day. Wait, no, wait. So when you were filming that part, that part when he was out on bail and he started that other trajectory of, of, of scamming, were you like in the moment, were you seeing this take, were you like, this is, or did you just, what were your thoughts? Like, were you like, this is, I can't believe we're doing this, like watching him do this all over again. So- the funny thing is um, that wasn't his, that wasn't our footage. That wasn't his footage. Billy McBride okay. was obsessed with filming himself. So everything oh. was on camera. So he had hired this artist named Kendo Harper. Um, and he actually, this he didn't mean to have this stuff filmed. He was going to, his like big comeback project was going to be this live Instagram award show. And so he had hired Kendo to film the preparation and lead up to this award show that he was going to plan. And along the way, he forgot that he had someone filming all this stuff and started openly doing felonies on camera. Oh, God. Uh, and so, um, you know, I had heard about this from, you know, people I talked to for the Fire Festival stories that this was happening yeah. and like kind of put it all together that it was obviously Billy doing it. Um, there was all this ridiculous evidence pointing to it. Yeah. And so I published an article in Vice kind of detailing everything that was going on and six hours later the fbi arrested him and charged him <laughs> with all these crimes oh um, my so when God. the arrest happened kendo was like wait this sounds really familiar i think i have this he'd already put the footage in storage or something and went and got it and lo and behold there it was yeah um one of those instances right where people say when they're on reality tv they do forget the cameras are there and watching them i guess mm-hmm. you know I'm interested to see in the future if we get more like felonies on camera of these like, cause we're going to get into, I want to talk about that. All these, there's so many housewives that. Yeah. I mean, let's <laughs> Jen Shaw, I'm ready. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you um, know, my favorite on camera felony of all time was when they, Michaela Salahi like broke yeah. into the white house on camera. Like, it's, Were they charged with felonies? They weren't charged with felonies, um, right? They were investigated, but I don't think at the end of the yeah, day. Yeah, they had to testify before Congress. And I remember it was That's very pretty- comical because they were just like, on the advice of my attorney, I, you know, I have no comment or whatever. At the, yeah, the yeah. Was. And you're right. They might not have been charged with that. It, it was it's pretty, know, pretty bad. The national um, event. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, first off, I want before we get into that, I want to talk a bit about your book because it just came out. And tell me a bit about it. Like, uh, you know, obviously it's about scammers, but it's more about the internet culture, the culture of it, right? And how- Yeah, so while I was um, investigating like the fire Festival and everything that Billy McFarlane was doing, mm-hmm. I was kind of surprised because a lot of people doubted that he was this, you know, conniving scammer, that there was anything premeditated about it. Um, and I started to realize that, you know, like startups, the startup world and society and the way that we use social media all of these things kind of put together enable this kind of thing. And, and, Mm -hmm. you know, not just enable, like, like what Billy did is like perfectly acceptable in the startup world. Like he got tripped up on a couple of details, you know, lying to investors, but over promising something and under delivering is kind of like expected. It's like Um, the name of the game kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, the the best companies in, in America right now, like don't turn a profit. Like there's no expectation for them to, there's a lot of like money and puffery running through all of it. And I started to think about like why he had gotten so far. I mean, I don't think he was like this mastermind, but people kept giving him money. Um, mm-hmm. And I started to realize that the more interesting story was kind of 
about the world around him and, and that enabled him to thrive. Yeah. Yeah. The, the environment that kind of like enabled him to do all this. Um, I mean, that's kind of the culture in general right now. It's like scamming is kind of, I mean, well, whether, depending on how you look at it, I mean, look, look at the city girls, like they've made an entire rap career off of their, their brand is scamming. You know, one of them literally yeah. went to prison for fraud, um, <laughs> just got out. But, um, you know, I was just thinking about that a lot. Um, and, and in relation to what you just mentioned. Well, it's funny it's, like the culture loves a scammer, like scammers are very popular figures yeah, and like a, yeah. in a, in an I almost detached ironic way that like murderers aren't, but like, you know, you can stay on a scammer like Anna Delvey is a fashion icon now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I, I kind of got into that in the book too, like the psychology behind it. Um, you know, it's weird. Like no one ever really feels that bad for victims of scams. Like it's, yeah. it's human nature not to feel that empathetic. Like you look at it and think, well, I wouldn't have fallen for that. Or like, they must've been really gullible or really dumb. Like you never, yeah. You're, you know, you feel admiration for the scammer for pulling it off. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's a weird crime in that sense, the way that, that we digest it culturally. Yeah. Um, and I want to talk when we get to talking about the housewives, how people view a lot of their, because I feel like people do view the way that they've gone about their scams or whatever their situations are. I feel like they're each kind of viewed differently, right? I feel like some mm-hmm. get a little more sympathy than the others, but um, yeah, I want to get definitely. your opinion on a lot of that stuff. Is Florida still the scam capital? I think it goes back and forth between Georgia and Florida, right? It's like, <laughs> I read that. I, mean, uh, I didn't know that actually. You know, yeah, I, I think it's like, like anecdotally, LA is, is a big hotbed okay. of scammers. But... Okay, I could see that. <laughs> um, WeWork is like a, in the news a lot right now, right? There was like some piece about that, about WeWork. Um, um, I haven't, I don't know what the, the news is. I know the documentary is kind of, making some waves but there is not even done something new yeah i don't even know i haven't like i didn't <laughs> i need to see the documentary though um, yeah i mean a lot of these guys it's like no matter how far they fall they will be back like they're i'm not there yeah. will be adam newman news there will be billing the scarlet news again like yeah like yeah never, sure and yeah. really go away um so jin shaw do you remember where you were? Like, that's one of those cultural moments where I remember being <laughs> at home. I mean, I've been at home this entire year, but it's like, I remember being at home and like, it was earlier in the day and it was just like, nobody believed what was going on. Cause it just sounded so unreal. But at the same time, I couldn't pick a housewife that you could more predictably, of course she got arrested on camera. Of course she tried to run, you know? <laughs> And all of this stuff that just kind of went down, but um, just to preface everybody, or just to like re—I mean, not that anybody doesn't know at this point that would listen to this podcast, but Shaw, Jin <laughs> Shaw was arrested, and earlier this month, it was actually only like two weeks ago. It feels like a two months ago. A lifetime, yeah. <laughs> just that like twenty-four hour There's period was so. Before Jin Shaw's arrest and after, life has yeah. been cleaved in two. <laughs> did, you, did you watch Real House? Do you watch? What's your like uh, knowledge oh, of yeah. the Housewives? Are you- I watch all of them. Okay, good. Multiple right. times. Yeah. yeah, yeah okay, I love yeah. the housewives. Like my bedtime <laughs> story. Yeah. Salt Lake City, though, was like very special. I mean, it's a great cast of women, um, you know, but we knew that something was sketchy with her from the beginning. I mean, she even described her business as being like what? She described herself um, as a Wizard of Oz of like marketing, <laughs> of online marketing, right? And I was like, that's okay. 
I mean, it was effective. The way she described it, it was such a word salad that, like, by, like, the fourth <laughs> or fifth descriptor, I tuned it out. I was like, I don't, I don't even care. Like, this, this woman's so full of it. Um, yeah, yeah. But I just assumed they were living on credit card debt. Like, it never occurred to me that that was actually, like, a very clever device. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, she was arrested along with um, her assistant, Stuart, who, by the way, like the other biggest scam was that I thought he was gay and he's apparently yes. straight and has a wife and kids. And I was like, what? That like. Very confusing. <laughs> so confusing. But yeah, they were um, alleged involvement in a nationwide telemarketing scheme. I still haven't really figured out if she's like kind of like a cog in a machine or is she like a major player? And it sounds like, I mean, they name her, they name her and him. And it's actually like what they named it like the United States versus Jin Shaw. And so it sounds like she is a pretty big, I guess, a uh, component in this, in this, this, this web. Right. Yeah. So I didn't read the indictment like super carefully, but it sounds like she was both creating lists of potential victims for scammers and then also actively scamming those people like she was like benefiting on both ends from it um you know it's such an intricate scam and one that requires like like a lot of dedication from what I was reading everywhere they said that allegedly you know she was collecting the information from all of these people and then afterwards disseminating it to other organizations so it was like when she's done with it it sounded like it was going to other people and it was not that I'm sorry, I was just going to say, it's not that dissimilar from Billy McFarland, you know, selling his yeah. list of fire victims around to people, which is a real yeah. thing that happened. But they've been charged with one count of conspiracy to commit wire fraud in connection with the telemarketing. A lot of these people were senior citizens, by the way. They were like older. Yeah. And it carries a maximum of like 30 years. I think there was one count of conspiracy to commit money laundering as well. And that carries a max of 20 years. So, I mean, she's looking at, I mean, I'd say definite jail time, right? I mean, she's being prosecuted by the Southern District of New York. And I think what the prosecution rate there is like 90%. They usually. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, more, <laughs> it's likely she'll plea out. I'm, I mean, Southern District also prosecuted Billy. He was facing a maximum of like 75 years, I think, mm-hmm. and ended up with six. So a lot of them, they get like the minimum, especially if she doesn't have a record already um, or it'll yeah. be charged, you know, concurrently. Yeah. But yeah, it's sounding like it. Do you, you think know, Coach Shaw's going to leave her? had to go to prison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I just, I just kept remembering like what really shook me is that when they finally saw her come out of the courthouse and she had the box braids in mm-hmm. and I was like, she picked the wrong day to cosplay as a black girl, like going to prison. <laughs> I was like, no, this is not the right time for you. <laughs> yeah. That was a, a deliberate a choice. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if Coach Shaw is going to leave her. I mean, he seems like he puts up with a lot already. Yeah, I was going to say the birth, his birthday party. If they stayed together after that, I feel like they're yeah. like together for life. <laughs> yeah, he'll there be doing the weekly visits around the time of the reunion, though. Before all of this stuff went down, she there's like a lot of like there was audio. Did you see all of this stuff? Like the video that came out. I guess it was like people in her entourage or, or part of her like Shaw squad. Someone mm-hmm. recorded her screaming at them and like throwing a phone. Yeah. And one of the things that people were saying is that they think that there was an undercover person in the Shaw squad with working with the FBI. I don't know how real this is, but I love the idea of it. I want it to be like a lifetime film. It would be so good. 
I forget, you know, it's like one of those, like, I forgot where I read it, but it, I remember exactly where I was in the moment when I read <laughs> that someone in the Shaw Squad was possibly wiretapping her. <laughs> I love this. I, that my life in the Shaw Squad, the Lifetime original movie. <laughs> I need to see, like, the Scorsese take on that. So good. You know, like, The Departed, but... Yeah. I don't know. I'll come up with a clever name later, but something like yeah, that. Like, oh like Hustlers. God. Yeah. <laughs> No, um, I remember watching in the earliest episodes, there was someone on her squad, though, if you go back and watch, that had like their face blurred out all of the time when they would film. Oh. And I thought it was interesting because it was like everybody else on her Shaw squad, obviously they would have to be okay with filming if you'd be around her. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was interesting that whoever was there was like getting, you know, uh, censored out. And I just and found that interesting. Like they weren't even filming in her real home. Like that was like the set that they all had to report to. <laughs> so that's the thing too, is that came out also after the arrest. And pe- a lot of people were shocked that she uh, was renting that home, but I actually wasn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, Meredith uh, Marks was also renting her home during yeah. the time. I think that's pretty common actually for some housewives, depending on your locale, like they'll have to rent because a lot of these subdivisions don't allow for filming crews to come in every Mm -hmm. day. You know, they won't allow it. So sometimes people do film just to, or rent just to film in. Yes. Although I do remember, I think it was like Brandy from Real Housewives of Dallas made like a weird comment about like knowing that like a a family friend of hers was renting a house to one of the housewives. Oh, they had an argument, right? They they had a feud. I forgot about that. But she said it in like such a way that like it's like indicating that this one in particular was suspicious, which like sticks yeah. out of my mind. No, I remember that. Thank you for reminding me about that. The brandy. So before the show even like debuted, Jin Shaw got into a huge online feud with Brandy Redman, which I thought was like the weirdest because Brandy <laughs> Redman like doesn't get into anything with anyone. She's just like and not interesting just, enough to. Religion. <laughs> yeah, or poop. Like they just like, yeah. poop jokes or religion. So. That's interesting. You know who else was um, feuding with Jin Shaw that I forgot about was Dana, the one from Beverly Hills who actually went to yes. prison also, right? Like the $25,000 yeah. sunglasses lady. Yeah, she's become like a real like scam hunter, housewives, mythbuster on Instagram. <laughs> doth protest too, like what is it? Do- like what is it? Protest. The lady doth protest yeah. too much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the lady doth post way too much. Yeah, way too much. So I want to move on to someone else that's kind of in a hotbed of um, just fraud and allegations and all this stuff. Someone who's like one of the least interesting housewives to me across the board is- Would this be Miss Erica Jane? Yes, yeah. How did I know? <laughs> no, yeah, right? I mean, it's interesting. Like, this is the only time she'll actually give you something in a season. And it's yeah. like the worst thing ever. And it's not even like something that's like, oh, this is a good storyline. It's kind of cringy. Because again, she was like, allegedly stealing from orphans and widows, you know? Yeah. Well, I like that in the trailer, you see them kind of holding her to task for that. Like being like, do you know where any of the money is? Like straight up asking her. I um, not the- that she'll give them an inch, but. Do you like Real Housewives of Beverly Hills? Do you like it? Yes. It's it- one of those shows where it would like pile up in my DVR and I was like, mm, like yeah, really? just do it. But it has its moments. I miss Kim Richards. I do really too. Yeah, her energy. Um, I think I'm only watching at this point for like Sutton, I think is like, you know, she's going to be a scam hunter too. She's going to like really hold her feet to the fire, which thank God. But yeah, yeah I just think she's she got a diamond this season, right? Deserved. Yeah. She earned it. But it's I, that, that trailer though was interesting because it was really clear that production doesn't believe Erica Jane. 
Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or at least they're just not going to like let her off easy. Cause it um, sounds like the government doesn't either. Like, to be <laughs> <clear>. <laughs> so again, just to refresh everyone on this one, not that anyone doesn't know, but back in November of 2020, she announced her separation from her husband. Um, why am I blinking on his name? It's Tom Mr. Girardi. Girardi. Tom Girardi. I just always call him Mr. Girardi. Um, <laughs> I always think Eric, Aaron Brockovich, but, but one month before the divorce announcement, the couple were named in a lawsuit for allegedly uh, embezzling funds meant for the families of victims of a fatal uh, 2018. Uh, it was, it was like a Thai, it was like a Thai plane crash or something. It wasn't, it wasn't like, it was in Asia. I think it was, yeah. Something. Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of media outlets were claiming that like the the separation was kind of a sham just to hide, which honestly, well, the timing of it was too. I mean, even Tracy, my producer, and you're, you know, Tracy, um, mm-hmm. she really did a deep dive into this too. And the timing of everything. I mean, she started releasing text message exchanges between. Yes. Yeah, and with Tracy's- like. Because one of the best investigations I've ever seen, she was able oh. to date the text messages to like the type of cell phone and what mm-hmm. year, like yep. 5, 4G was released. It was incredible. It, it got yeah, to the point really old. it was so amazing and it was like very embarrassing for Erica because there was text messages like Tracy dated them back to like 2010 or something crazy like that it was like they the hills like was still on the zone. air yeah. <laughs> it was like pre before like housewives were even on the air right so it yeah, was just like nine yeah. words still existed yeah <laughs> so it was just like it was between Tom Girardi and some a judge right which would have been really problematic, right? Because he was actually like even working on one of her cases or something like that, a case that was being presented before her. I don't know. It's probably against the law somewhere. I'm not sure. An but ethical yeah. quandary, if nothing else. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, you know, Erica started doing all this stuff and showing out and it's like, why do you keep text messages from this long and just now release them? It's, I think she was just trying to do damage control and yeah. kind of really flew in her, her face. pocket for some time. <laughs> I mean, if they don't address that on the season, I'm going to be very disappointed. I want everything. I want the text messages to be part of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I want so to yeah. know about the the guest house that Army Hammer was living next door to. I don't know if you saw the story on like- Is that because she moved? Law. Yeah. So yeah. She, moved, she moved out of the Girardi Pasadena- Mm-hmm. mansion the and around the same time yeah that army hammer i guess like started his divorce and so the legend has it that they were like living next door to each other he was like in the pool house next door and they may have become friendly during that time oh my god and, and that's like that time when they're a, what, a terrible time for him yeah i would like to watch the the, the <laughs> prestige film about this as well <laughs> yes but what what do you what do you make of like this case and what do you think could really happen just based on like uh I mean I think she knew I think she knew what was there's no way you don't it it doesn't sound good I mean I again this is something I haven't reviewed super closely but there were I think mm-hmm. there were like large payments to her entertainment company like you know tens of millions of dollars lots of money being moved around and shuffled around at these really inconvenient or, or rather convenient times right yeah. I mean, things are not looking good for Tom. He was disbarred. He's like under a guardianship now. They're saying that he's suffering from like advanced Late. Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen to her, but like, it, it's really sad when you think about it. Like this guy's entire legacy, like he was the yeah. Aaron Brockovich guy. And yeah, this yeah. Is, this is his legacy. It's, uh, 
Yeah, but it sounds like from what you see with all, because it takes one story for all of the rest of them to start to surface. And it sounds like this was kind of a repeated issue, like from these Mm -hmm. art, you know what I mean? Like he has a long history, I guess. It just has never been publicized, right? Of him like- yeah, it sounds like he, he was overspending money. He basically like started a Ponzi scheme because he had all these companies that financed lawsuits and he was getting loans from all of them and all of them thought they had a claim on the money, not knowing that there were, you know, two, three other companies involved. Yeah. And it sounds like the money just totally ran out. Um, and some of that went to Erica Zane, you know, that's not, that's not good for her. Really bad. Um, <laughs> Teresa Giudice. Now, she's someone, though, that, like, I think of all of these people, I think probably knew the least about what was going on. I mean, just, I I think she was genuinely clueless about Mm -hmm. the way that, you know, she didn't really know how the money came. She just was happy to spend it. I mean, you remember the first season? Are are you avid uh, New Jersey? Yes. Where does it rate on your, where does it rate on your, like, housewives? Oh, um. Like, towards hmm. the top or the bottom or? Jersey's high up at the top. That is a, a yeah. class act franchise. Classic. I would, yeah, I would yeah. watch them, you know, <laughs> roads. They don't even have to get out of the car on their road trips. Like just them yeah. in the van is enough for me. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. We're in the same space. I mean, Teresa's like a huge part of that. Like she straight up went to prison and came right back on the show. Like you got, yep. you got to give her props for that at least. And probably made so much money in the process. Like, you know, because she's like, going to be one of the longest standing OGs, right? Uh, the show yeah. literally waited for her to come back. And she's the only one of the OGs that I think, like, who else is there? There's like Ramona, you've got like Kyle, but I think Kyle and Ramona and those people, like even Luann, like, I think they maybe have like one or two more good seasons left in them. If that, they have not. Teresa seems to still give you storyline and mm-hmm. stuff going on. I think it's because, and Tracy and I talk about this often, we think it's because she doesn't watch her show. Like she doesn't watch it. She doesn't care to. Yeah, that's a good hypothesis. <laughs> I was kind of thinking she's like a dumber Bethany Frankel. I, I mean that in like a loving way, like not as calculated. Yeah. She's not like self-producing. She's just kind of, she knows what to do, but she's not like going to overthink it. And she's kind of not too aware. Think while she's doing it. Yeah. Like she's yeah. also a hot boy. Like I remember her like Fabellini signing. Yeah. Like she, she was going <laughs> to sell the same way Bethany was going to like sell that tray in the supermarket. Like they got yeah. that. I'm surprised she hasn't off. brought that back. I'm sure there's a warehouse yeah. somewhere in like Hack and Sack, New Jersey with like just tons of like expired Fabellini. I'm surprised Bravo doesn't have like some kind of like warehouse thing where they're, you know, like you can get, I don't know, true, true renewal if you want, if, like jewelry. and Yeah, it just seems like really smart if they had like an brand. online store on their website to just yeah. market all of their businesses stuff. You know, it's just like, it seems like a missed opportunity. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Teresa, like of all of these women, I mean, obviously I think Jen gets it maybe the worst. Cause I don't think anyone ever even liked her as a cast member. She's kind mm-hmm. of like was set up from a vi- to, like as a villain from the very beginning. I think there's some people that kind of do still like Erica Jane and just are trying to figure out what's going on there. Teresa, I feel like has kind of rehabilitated and fully done a full circle. Right. It's like yeah. people dislike her, but honestly, people don't really think about the prison thing anymore. I mean, 
when they went like the last episode I saw was when they were like honoring like no no like I was sobbing like a baby for these <laughs> yeah. people I've never met like we yeah, never yeah. have any interaction <laughs> like, yeah. he loved his family so much <laughs> like, like I'm invested in their story yeah yeah um, it's just an interest. It's just interesting about which ones kind of like uh, turn the corner and, and get rehabilitated on these shows. And it'll be interesting if Jen Shaw or Erica, depending on how long they even, if they go to prison or whatever happens, if they do stay on the show, what trajectory it goes for them. I feel like also some of these these cases too, like Teresa didn't really have a choice, right? I felt like she had to pay so much restitution. At that point, you kind of have to stay on reality TV because she didn't really have a job outside of that. So it's your only paycheck, you know? I think the only way she got out of the hole was by filming right out of prison and stuff like that, right? So. Yeah, that's the thing that always cracks me up, like, because they can't ever talk about it on the show, but so many of them, obviously their primary source of income is the show. But yeah. they have to pretend that they're doing like a side. It comes up on Summer House a lot, where it's like obviously like you're making a lot of oh, money do from House? doing this. I actually got banned from Summer House because I uh, went to a party and I posted some stuff on social media, which probably in and of itself oh, you went wouldn't to, like, have been. When they were filming. Yeah. Okay, um, we're gonna I get went... into this. We'll get yes. into this in a minute. Yeah. Okay. But um, <laughs> I'm an avid. I posted something on social and somebody reposted it on Reddit. And then after that, they were like, no, it's a violation. Like you can't come back. Ugh. The production said that or, or the staff? The, yeah, uh, I said the staff, the cast. <laughs> okay. We're going to, we're going to get into that, but really. So, I mean, I, the one thing I wanted to talk about is just in general, because um, we were just talking about how some of these people like reality TV kind of is like a hamster wheel, right? You like start and then you, once it's going, you can't really stop, right? I feel like a lot of these people, especially when they don't have like brands really or jobs outside of this, and then they get divorced or something. And then they kind of are stuck on the show. First they have a vow renewal and then they get divorced. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Which it sounds like Karen Huker is getting a vow renewal and it makes me really nervous. I don't ever want I mean, to see the. <laughs> yeah, she and Ray had a rough last season. Yeah, but I don't want to see them get a vow renewal. I, they're my favorite couple. I want them to like <laughs> I, when I say my favorite reality show couple, like I want to be my parents. I want Ray and Karen as my parents. <laughs> you might have to visit them on alternate yeah. weekends. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and Tom's, what is it? Fall River, wherever they moved yeah, to. Great Falls. Great Falls, right? Um, Bring a <laughs> Reality TV, though, is kind of interesting, right? Because it's like, it's still relatively new. Like it's a new genre, right? It's like real, like the real world started it. And that was, I even considered that. I don't even consider the real world as reality TV. It's more like a docu-series in the truest mm-hmm. sense, right? Yeah. Like earlier years, because people didn't really know what they were doing and there wasn't like a precursor. These are more like business shows. And I feel like people come, like something about these shows attracts these people that are scammers. Yeah. For the most part, not all of them, but I mean, it, it attracts this like, you know, the type of people that will go on these shows um, for the most part are people that don't have jobs, that are entrepreneurs, that, you know, don't have bosses that will not sign off to let them film in an office. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think also there's like an allure that appeals to scammers, which is that it kind of gives mm-hmm. you the opportunity to produce your own reality, right? Yeah. So however you act in front of their cameras is how the rest of the world is going to perceive, perceive you. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they tend to mess <clears> it up or they, you know, the mask splits after a couple episodes or a season. But, you know, initially I could understand that. It's like, like you get to go on your Instagram and, but you're doing it on everyone's TV. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah, that's what it's interesting. It's like people ask, like, for instance, people always say this about Daniel Staub. She's the perfect example of like, why would you go on television if you have this much stuff to hide? And it's kind of like it speaks to someone who's like almost like violently narcissistic that like in their head, even though nobody knows who they are in their head, they feel like they need to rebrand. So they're like, oh, perfect. Mm -hmm. I'll go on TV and create my own new narrative when it's like you could have just not done that. (laughs) <laughs> you know, that's, that's the Donald Trump story. Like, he yeah. could have happily grifted for the rest of his life, <laughs> you know, like, taking Deutsche Bank money and laundering, whatever uh-huh. it is he's doing. I'm sure these things will come out. But, like, but he had to run for president. He didn't want to be president. You know? <laughs> like, yeah, he yeah. could have just sat there and, like, drank his Diet Coke yeah. and, like, had the money rolling in. Michael Cohen would have served him for the rest of his life. Exactly. But no. Yeah. And yeah, you know, it's, the it's reason just... he ran was to promote his reality show. They were going to yeah. take The Apprentice off the air and he was trying, or, <laughs> he was trying to negotiate a higher salary for it by like building his public profile. Do you have um, any, like now that all this stuff, like the Jin Shaw stuff just has me thinking a lot now, like whenever I watch some of these shows and um, like they're already filmed, right? Before Jin Shaw stuff happened. Or even before the Erica Jane stuff was really coming out, like I'll see some housewives and it's like watching someone run with scissors because mm-hmm. it's like they're, I wonder where the money comes from and they make me nervous. And I'm like, oh, don't film that. And, and I feel like you're next. You know what I mean? Do, like, I hate to say it and I'm like, Gorgas. Like, I just worry about where stuff is because there's so many articles, right? About like, you saw all this stuff yeah. about Joe Gorka with like the, um, yeah. him, him like, taking a photo and saying he renovated some kitchen. A fake and- lamp, yeah. And it's just kind of like, it makes me nervous. On social media, they're scamming in real life is my- It does make me nervous. Take. And I was going to ask if, if you have any um, housewives that you, that now you kind of like, it's in your head and you're like, hmm, this isn't- um, I mean, all of them, no. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, anyone that's like throwing their kid a $25,000 birthday party, yeah. you know, immediately yeah. when it's like performative in that way, like, you know, like Kyle Richards straddles that line, right? Like she lives a very nice life. She clearly enjoys yeah. luxury things. When it becomes a like, let's tour all of my houses and like, you yeah, know, it turns into like an ad. That's when I start to like, yeah. I think she's probably above board, probably. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> You know, I think yeah. back to like, um, what was her name? Taylor Armstrong. And yeah, like, she was that. a little bit straddled that line for sure. Because I mean, yeah. that was, yeah. I mean, and, and it did come out that they did have tons of financial issues, right? Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. yeah. Well, the thing that always stuck in my mind was, and it's, you know, similar to Erica Jane, they were going after her husband's business, but she was held personally liable for a bunch of it. And I think they got like a court order to seize her Birkins. But it turned out that all of her Birkins were fake. And this was like in the court document. Oh, <laughs> like I didn't even catch that. Replicas. Yeah. This, uh, is, this is like a, a deep dive, like a, a very old. But Dorit you know, would like jump of off a bridge if that ever happened to her. Dorit would like, <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, like Erica was more costumey, but Dorit is like the fashion plate. Like she would have a flip mm-hmm. out. She'd try to seal those court documents. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Dorit's probably so happy right now that the heat's off of her. I mean, for the longest time, these were, this was the conversation about her. And now yeah. it's... And she got confronted on camera and they didn't oh, yeah. use it. Like, she was, like, stopped Pissed by someone off. in the Bahamas. Yeah. Yeah, if you're going to film it, it was actually yeah. not a rights issue. That 
Um, my major regret is that Denise never came back because this would have been the perfect opportunity for her to come to life this season. Well, that was an example of work. like, yeah, but of someone who like, like got caught, like her, like the stuff that Aaron was saying was very bizarre. Yeah. And yeah. like, she was unable to stop that in real, like watching the panic on her face. Yeah, he's yeah. like talking about people following them. Like, <laughs> that, was almost, that was too real. <laughs> yeah, I felt yeah. the anxiety at home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, and I love them. And I mean, obviously he's so hot, but um, it's like, I don't think I could watch them in the post COVID world. Like, I don't want to see him explain yeah. away why he shouldn't get vaxxed. I, cause you I know, know that he's, he's got a theory yeah. on 5g. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. <laughs> so, but um, I want to talk about some current events that are going on. Um, it's been a minute. Prince Philip died. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Anyways, um, <laughs> Queen, <laughs> Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> they have been sending me photos you probably saw on my Instagram. It's just like people keep sending me photos of her at the funeral and it's so bad, but people are like, someone said she looked like the Babadook and I was done. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but I don't really have any like, you know, feelings for the royal family like at all, especially, I mean, did you, you watch The Crown? Yeah. I watched The Crown and I watched the Harry and Maggie, Harry, Harry and Maggie. Meghan interview. <laughs> you know, Maggie, my girl. Um, no, it, it, it sounded to me like it's like it's watching a cult documentary, like the language that they were using, like they've yeah. just gotten out of the cold. Um, yeah, so yeah, it interests yeah. me in that sense. But um, no, but actually, the only thing I've cared about out of this was an incredible daily or page six headline where they hired lip readers to decipher what Harry and William were saying to each other at the funeral. And what they came up with was like, wasn't it a nice service? Like, yes, and the flowers were wonderful. Like, it sounds like like a spy code that like you would have yeah. set up in advance or something. <laughs> like, it was so mundane. Yeah, they're such an odd family. I'm not even like not even interesting in an odd way. I mean, you know, just yeah. Colton Underwood, who was on, I guess he's. This isn't really because I'm not the, I'm not the core demo for this. But this is like he's the Bachelor, right? Was he a Bachelor? Yes, he was. And he can't, do you watch The Bachelor? Um, I've watched it on and off. I have a love-hate relationship with it. And yeah. then I love all reality, but um, no show should be two hours. And especially not multiple <laughs> times a week. Like, how am I supposed to? No, I, I don't have room for that. <laughs> like, because like, girls get together and they have like Bachelor, sh- like viewings. But like, how do you, how do you drink that much wine with your friends on m- multiple weeknights with? Yeah. It's like a one, it's a two hour show. Like, I can't, no, uh-uh. <laughs> um, yeah. But you know, an interesting thing I interviewed Nick Vile for the book. Um, and he was like, one he? Of the, he was a bachelor like four or five years ago. Um, mm-hmm. twice, I think. Okay, I don't remember his like full trajectory, but he was like very popular in that universe. But he was one of the first um people to come on it as social media was becoming a thing. So, like, his oh, first okay. season on. They didn't, he had like 20 followers going in. Like he, and he got like 10,000 and thought that was a lot. Now he's mm-hmm. up to like a million or something. But um, the way that he talks about it, there is such a playbook now going into it that like everyone knows, you know, if you want to get a certain kind of deal, you want to be this kind of character on it. Um, yeah, and yeah. so it is like more contrived than ever uh, because there is that element of like planning for how you will be received by the public afterwards involved in it. Yeah. Um. So I'm not surprised that Colton's whole thing was like, 
a PR bullshit. Yeah, it's so crazy. So I don't really know that much about him, but obviously he he came out on Tuesday on Good Morning America. It was like a whole thing. And then it was like 8 a.m. that that happened. By noon, it had broken that he had like a Netflix series coming out um, with Gus Kenworthy as his gay guide to navigate life as a gay athlete. This was all Friday. Like, what was it? This was Tuesday. By Friday, they had a change.org petition up. Um, I think so far there's like 20,000 signatures. People are trying to get him to, or trying to get them to cancel the, um, do you think they will to cancel the show? I don't, I think Netflix likes the, uh, attention they're going to. Yeah. I don't see them canceling it, but, uh, I do wonder who the show is for. Yeah. Who's it for? It's not for the gays and it's not for the girls (laughs) because he was, because he's like, he was stalking and he put a tracking device on one of the girls' cars and shit. This is like literal restraining order against him. Does just like so do people not like do research when they're like is there like any vetting because i don't think they care anymore well that was the thing that's well, it or no Carol, Carol Radswell. Carol Radswell. Yeah. She, so she was talking about vetting him for like get to find out if someone's gay and i was like how do you vet a gay person i don't even know how that is. <laughs> but it's like I can, you can vet a sexual like a uh, um someone who sexually harasses women like you can vet that because there's going to be you know yeah. a trail but like Carol and Carol kept going. Carol was like really upset that the girls were being like, you know, uh, subjected to this like predatory gay man who like knew that he was gay, but still went through this whole process, not understanding that sexual like orientation doesn't really work that way. It's like everyone's journey is going to be different, but she was really doubling down. And I mean, it went on for 24 hours. Yeah. Meanwhile, when the whole Epstein thing came down, like (laughs) I went on a deep dive of like all the daddy and uh oh who's the society photographer patrick mcmullen photos i must have found like 10 or 20 different parties of her posing with uh guane maxwell they were like legit friends like not just like yeah Yeah. so don't talk to me about vetting friends or like anybody it's so (laughs) insane i mean let's be real like carol is really falling off like i don't okay so during the whole bethany versus carol thing i feel like everyone was like oh bethany's awful team carol just because it's easier, they're yeah. both a little bit it's, off. It's, it's, well, it's hard to root for either of them. I gotta say, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Easy. Although, yeah. like, I, I you respect the hustle with like Bethany releasing her engagement news at the same time that the Roni trailer dropped. It was exactly like the Hulu and the and the Netflix documentary. So fucking nuts. I want to talk about that. I want to talk to you a bit about Summer House. I want you to tell me your experience with that. And a bit more, I want to talk to you about like D- Demi Lovato. Did you hear about this? Yeah, the oh my God. yogurt thing. So I'm, insane. I'm too <laughs> <laughs> um, do you want to tell people first where to follow you on social media and about your book, where it's available, and any other things you have coming up soon? Sure, yeah. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at G underscore Bluestone or Instagram at G Bluestone. I'm, uh, the book hype is, you know, a deep dive into what really happened with the fire Festival with a lot of untold stories, uh, as well as, you know, a bunch of new scams that have proliferated in Billy McFarland's wake. And it looks at all the ways that we are being scammed without even realizing it um, in business in our personal lives and online. And I forget what the last question was. Oh, just any other appearances or anything you have coming up or oh, anything? Um, yeah. I'm What's it doing... like to release a book in the middle of a pandemic? Or I guess we're on the uh, tail end, right? It's different now. 
Yeah, so HarperCollins still has a policy against any in-person events. So I've been doing okay. everything from my living room, which is great because I haven't yeah. had to put real pants on once. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, it's kind of sad not getting to have like a real book party, but, you know, I'll have to write another book. It's not the yeah, worst yeah. thing yeah, in the yeah. world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and people can buy it anywhere. Books are sold, like Barnes & Noble, Amazon, McNally um, Jackson, if you're in New York. That's where we is have there an audio one. version? Uh, there is. They would not allow me to record my own. I, they turned like, like one listen to my voice and we're like, we're going to hire someone professional. <laughs> um, so it's lovely. Don't judge based on my voice. You might still okay. enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> and then Kindle and all that. Yeah. Cool. Guys, we are going to go to the bonus episode. Catch us over there. You can go to the patreon.com slash the B list and uh, subscribe there for the bonus. We're going to talk about summer house. I really want to hear these inside stories. I want to, everything do you know do you like hannah she was on the podcast a couple weeks ago yeah so i actually met her um on my friend's podcast a couple years ago we did the same episode and that's kind of how i got to know them she's fun yeah 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 i can't wait to hear more um you guys subscribe and we'll meet you over there bye